That's big time. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Oh, did he felt that one? Intensity is not a perfume. It was a no-doubter. Five, four, three, two, one. We are up in the bird's nest here at Oreo Park at Camden Yards. I'm Brendan Mortensen alongside Matt Bonaparte. We've got playoff baseball here at Oreo Park in just a few hours. That's an exciting sentence to say. I'm so excited. I'm pumped. I've, I've looked out that window of the warehouse to the field many times this year. This morning when I did, I got giddy. Yeah. I was looking out there at the, the playoff-bound baseball stadium. And I just cannot wait uh, for them to take the field this afternoon. I'm pumped. It's I'm Christmas. So pumped. I mean, I woke up this morning, walked to work. It was just a lovely morning. I'm it's amped. a lovely day for baseball. Rained a little bit last night, but the field is looking great. Nicole Sherry, head groundskeeper, is the, the greatest. Goat. She's, She's the goat. actually the best. The field She's looks fantastic. outstanding. It's going to be a great day for baseball here at Camden Yards. I'm pumped. It, I'm so excited. And again, it. it we're going to talk about this, you know, in kind of a, a keys to the game sort of thing in terms of the emotions of today. But just to start off, it is a very important day here. I mean, the Orioles, again, are in the ALDS. Fans deserve this. I mean, we have seen Camden Yards sold out on multiple occasions this year for huge games. It is going to be an outstanding crowd today. It's going to be raucous. It's not going to be a Tropicana field. <laughs> and... The fans deserve this. The players deserve this. It is so cool to see the young core here. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, Kyle Bradish, the young leaders on this team. It is so cool for Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Anthony Santander. Of course, for Brandon Hyde, the guys who have been here for a while, seen this thing through from the start of the rebuild to, again, now the point where they earned the one seed in the American League. They are hosting the Texas Rangers for their first playoff game here in the ALDS. Didn't have to worry about the wild card. It's just a cool day. It's a special day here. Listen, I love the Delman Young clip as much as the next guy, but I need a new one. Okay? There's a, there I might be a new one this playoffs. to watch on repeat of the stadium going absolutely nuts. Yeah. Uh, and I hope we get that today. I hope we get that this series uh, because, like you said, it's going to be a packed Camden Yards today, and I cannot wait to see it. So uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Johnny on YouTube commenting along saying, I have no idea what to do for the next four hours. <laughs> Hopefully you're watching the Thanks Birds Thanks for nest. watching. We appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for commenting along, getting up early with us here. We tossed out the idea of doing a show before every postseason game on one of our previous shows. You guys seem to like it. That's what we're going to do. So we are live this morning, bright and early at 8 a.m. Thanks so much for following along with us. We are going to be live tomorrow as well. I think we're going live around 11 a.m. for a little bit of a later game. So we will be live here on the Bird's Nest before every postseason game. Make sure you're coming here to get your full breakdown of each and every game of this series, and hopefully more series to come after that as well. Let's start with the Orioles' opponent in the Texas Rangers because we have seen playoff baseball from them already, and it was dominant. They took down the team with the second-best record in the American League in the Tampa Bay Rays. They won 99 games and didn't really put up that much of a fight against yeah. Texas. I mean, both games, not the Rays' best showing. I mean, game one, score-wise, is not a demolition. It's a four-to-nothing ball game that Texas takes in game one of the wildcard series, but it felt 
a lot wider than that. The a gap was win. much bigger than four nothing because the Rays commit four errors. Yeah. And they only put six hits on the board, go scoreless, and Jordan Montgomery dominates. Seven innings, five strikeouts, no walks, no earned runs. Jordan Montgomery has been unreal. I mean, yep. as a trade deadline acquisition, he's been everything you want and more for a team. Anybody who goes out and gets a starting pitcher at the deadline hopes they turn out the way Jordan Montgomery has. Uh, and what he's turned into is their ace. He's the guy they turned to in the first game of the playoffs, and he delivered, like you said, uh, a shutout outing for him. Uh, and Nathan Avaldi followed it up with a one-run outing. So both yeah. those guys pitched uh, to the best of the, their capability and got wins in the two biggest games of the season for them. Uh, Gumby, Jordan Montgomery, he's a very, very good pitcher. Since leaving the Yankees, got better as he went to the Cardinals and seemingly has already gotten better in Texas. So a guy that's on a meteoric rise uh, and not a guy you want to face in the playoffs. Yeah, the Orioles will have to face him in Game 2, but you mentioned Game 2 of the Wild Card Series there. Nathan Avaldi. Goes six and two-thirds innings, eight strikeouts, one earned run, and the Rays get shelled. It's a seven-to-one victory for Texas. They don't commit four errors in that game, but the offense doesn't muster a run in the wild card series until the seventh inning of game two. The Rangers only won 90 games in the regular season, but they looked like the far superior team in the wild cards. It was a steamrolling. Yeah. I mean, the Rays didn't really put up much of a fight, like you said. Uh, and and to the point of to Nathan Evaldi, I think he might be the number one pitcher on my list of just guys you want on your roster in the postseason. Yep. Uh, 2018, when he won the World Series with the Red Sox, he said, I don't care if I literally throw my arm off, I'm going to win this thing. And yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> he did. Um, so he's just a guy that's going to go out there and give you his all every start, but especially in the playoffs. So another guy that uh, is a menace to face in the playoffs, and the Rays learned that pretty quickly in Game 2, gave up one run, uh, a 13 and two-thirds combined effort from their starting pitching. Yep. They were fantastic. Yeah, it's funny. I was taking my notes on you know the takeaways that I had from the wild card series, and my two biggest takeaways are the pitching and the offense. <laughs> those are the two things. Yeah, those, those kind of are the two things, but... They both looked outstanding yeah. in the wildcard series for the Texas Rangers. The pitching being the biggest takeaway, as you mentioned, your two starting pitchers in Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi combined to just dominate the Tampa Bay Rays, who were hitting home runs like nobody's business in the regular season. But those two go for, as you mentioned, 13 and two-thirds innings, 13 strikeouts, one earned run. Fantastic. It's really good. It's about all you can ask for. And you know what else that means? is that they did not throw a lot of bullpen guys, which ultimately probably wouldn't have mattered all that much because the Rangers sweep that series. You have two days of rest before game one here against the Orioles. But in that series total, the Rangers used three bullpen arms. Three. It's not very many. No. Jose Leclerc, their best bullpen arm, pitches twice in both games, and then you have a, an appearance from Aroldis Chapman. Like, they didn't use their bullpen at all. So they are completely rested outside of Evaldi and Montgomery. And the bullpen is their biggest weakness by far. I mean, they have an ERA close to five on the year in terms of what their bullpen has offered this season. Uh, and to see those guys come out in the playoffs and be lights out like they were, like they were four and a third, no runs for that bullpen in that series, uh, that's a little scary. But... Um, yeah. I still think that 
for Orioles fans, you look forward to knocking the starter out of this game uh, in any of these games and getting to that Rangers bullpen because I think that's where uh, the Orioles will find a lot of their meat on offense. Yeah, absolutely. But you will also have to keep pace with the Rangers offense yes. that looks really good. 11 runs over two games isn't, you know, otherworldly, but it's still really solid. You have Corey Seager, who was maybe the best hitter in the American He's League fantastic. this year. Goes four for eight in that series. Three of his four hits are doubles. And then Evan Carter, starting left fielder. Kids unreal. Has seemingly completely shored up the third outfield spot for the Texas Rangers. Only got about 20, 25 games at the tail end of the regular season. And in the playoffs so far, he is three for four with his three hits being two doubles and a home run. And he has walked three more times, which is why he only has four at-bats. Yeah. Debuted on September 8th and just lit the world on fire. The kid has been just everything that the Rangers needed in, to add to that outfield. Yeah. Uh, five homers, 12 RBI in the one month that he did play in the regular season. Already hit a home run in the playoffs. Uh this kid is fantastic, and he's going to be a bat that the Orioles are circling going into this one because I always feel like the guys who just come up and, and are in these situations where they don't have a ton of experience, there's like a little lightning in a bottle kind of aspect to it a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so he's definitely somebody you have to circle because he could, he could cause some real damage. Yeah, let's talk about the Rangers as a whole. We sure. watch too much baseball, so we do. we're tossing out names left and right. Let's... Let's just break down the Rangers here. They go 90 and 72 on the season. That's good for second place in the AL West. At the very end of the season, their final game of the regular season, they had a chance to win the division. All they had to do was beat the Mariners, and they did not. So there were some question marks going into the wildcard series about how the Rangers would respond because you had a chance to win the division. You're Destiny was in your hands, yes. so to speak, and then they lose to the Mariners, a team that ultimately doesn't end up making the playoffs, and they lose the division again to the Astros, who just, they are inevitable. They just keep winning the division. So there were some question marks about the Rangers going into the wildcard series about how they would respond, and they responded quite well. Yeah. Um, I also think that maybe that gives you a little momentum going into this series. I mean, you just sure. flattened a team two games in a row. Uh, you have that on your side. Obviously, they would have wanted to win the division. Who doesn't? Um, but maybe a blessing in disguise for them. They get a couple games against the Rays, who probably weren't as strong in those two games as they were in the meat of the season. So uh, there's that going for them as well. But you're right. I mean, they had the chance to control their own destiny, and they blew it. But that doesn't mean they're not a good team. Yeah, Chris on Facebook commenting, talk about our team, not the Rangers. We're going to get there. We do need to break down the Rangers, and you got to know your opponent here. So they are led by Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Those are the two guys in this lineup you got to worry about day in and day out. Marcus Simeon, just kind of all reliable. Seven and a half baseball reference war this year, played all 162 games with an 826 OPS, 100 RBIs, 29 homers, 40 doubles. Then you have Corey Seager, who has a 4.2 war, according to baseball reference, but that's because he only played in 119 games. He is pretty likely to be a top three AL MVP yes. vote getter. Him and Julio will be behind Otani. If not, number two. Yeah. On the season, Corey Seager has an OPS over 1,000, hitting 327 with 33 dingers and 42 doubles. 
It's good for a 623 slugging percentage. I don't think it's a, a stretch at all to say that that's the best hitting middle infield in baseball. Oh, I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. It's but not close. Those two guys mash, and that's what they invested in a couple right. off seasons ago. They just put all of their money into their middle infield. Didn't pay off last year. Everybody was like, uh-oh, there's going to be like 10 years of this. Uh, and then this year they said, don't worry, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> and it was pretty much an all-Rangers infield for the All-Star game. Yes. If you remember back to midseason, you have Josh Young, who was your starter at third base, for the American League All-Star Game. And then you have Joan Heim, who Orioles fans know beat out Adley Rutschman for that starting spot. Little did we know they'd be playing in this series at that point. Little did we know. And then you had another All-Star in Adolis Garcia, who hit 39 home runs. And Nathan Ovaldi was an All-Star, too. It's a really good lineup. It's a good team. It's a good team. You have seven players who played at least 100 games with an OPS over 750, which is excluding Mitch Garver, who played 87 games with an 870 OPS, and of course, Evan Carter, who we talked about, the Rangers' new left fielder, who only played 23 games, but had an OPS over 1,000 and hit 300. Yeah. It's a deep team. A lot of hitting on this team. good team in this lineup. Their starting rotation includes Nathan Avaldi, all-star, Jordan Montgomery, who, as we mentioned, was a big Dog. trade acquisition at the trade deadline, Dane Dunning, posted a 370 ERA in 35 games, and Martin Perez, who has a down season this year, but was an all-star in 2022. Your starting rotation is not currently including Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, or John Gray. Yeah. There's a lot of talent on this team. <laughs> that would have been wild. I had to face deGrom and Scherzer. Yeah. Uh, Scherzer doing his darndest to make a comeback, by the way. Yeah. Uh, which I respect. I don't think uh, he'll make it for the rest of the series. But it is Max Scherzer. Is, You're never going to count him out. That's true. So we just mentioned a lot of good things about the Texas Rangers. This is a very deep lineup. It is a very deep starting rotation, especially if you had everybody healthy. If there is a hole on this Texas Rangers team, it is the bullpen, unequivocally. Their bullpen, I would venture to say, is not that good. It's weird because they have so many names. They do. But it's just not that good. It's just not. Numbers-wise, ERA-wise this year, They have one bullpen arm with an ERA below 325, and that is Jose Leclerc, who is a good reliever, good name. He has been consistent over the last few years, but then you have bullpen arms like Aroldis Chapman, like Will Smith, normally good, have struggled this year. What I think is a crazier stat than that one is they only have three guys with an ERA below four. The Orioles have eight. Yeah, they only have three guys that have an ERA below four. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Uh, you expect bullpen arms to come into the game and be lights out a lot of the time, and their guys just have not been that. Yeah. Um, so juxtaposing that to late-game offense for the Orioles, I think it, it could bode well for, the, for Baltimore pretty well. All right, we're getting a few too many comments here talk about the Orioles. We're gonna. Just got to break down the opponent here. Let's talk about the pitching matchup today. We have Kyle Bradish goes for the Orioles. 30 starts on the season, a 2.83 ERA, third best in the American League. He has faced the Rangers twice this season and has had good success, except for the first game where he got knocked out, but he looked great His toe hurt. in that game. He got hit in the leg in that game, if you remember. The right foot had to be removed from the game, but in his other start against the Rangers, he was outstanding. And total, he goes eight and a third, one earned run, 
you got to like Kyle Bradish today. He's been rock solid all year long, and I really do like Kyle Bradish today. Yeah, uh, I think he delivers in another big spot for the Orioles as he has all year long. Kyle Bradish is your bona fide ace at this point. I don't think coming into the year anybody thought that was going to be a sentence, but it is. A 2.83 ERA going into the playoffs. He had a fantastic regular season, more than anything you could ask from the guys. So throwing your best starter on the bump today, Orioles fans have a lot of confidence because he should be giving it to you. Yeah, and you should also have confidence in the fact that at least for game one, you don't have to face Nathan Avaldi or Jordan Montgomery. True. You'll face Montgomery in game two, but for game one today, you will be facing Andrew Heaney who has a 4.15 ERA in 34 games this season. Two starts against the O's. The ERA as a whole isn't good against the Orioles because he has had one terrible start and one outstanding start. His first start of the year came against Baltimore, and he goes two and two-thirds innings, seven earned runs, but then he comes to Camden Yards and goes seven innings, one earned. I think the Orioles can get to Andrew Heaney today. I think it's a really good matchup I think for it's this a great offense. Matchup. Mainly because of that whip number, one three seven eight. That's a pretty high whip. Yeah. That means every inning he's putting a guy on, maybe more. Um, that's an average of over one guy per inning getting on base via walk or a hit. Yeah. Now, Adley, who's going to be near the top of this lineup, hits lefties really well. Average over 300. OPS just under 900, batting from the right side of the plate this season. He's a guy who could pop off. Talk about Ryan Mountcastle, too, who loves hitting lefties. An average just under 340. Uh, he's fantastic against Southpaw. So uh, I think this is a really good matchup for the Orioles in Game 1. The offense has a chance to really work some good at-bats, get Heaney's pitch count up as high as they can, hopefully knock him out out of the game relatively early, get to that bullpen and put this game away. Uh, I think this could be a, a really, really good matchup for Baltimore. Yeah, let's talk about the potential lineup that we could see against Andrew Heaney today. Throwing two lefties in the first two games screams to me, you're trying to minimize Gunnar Henderson. You're running away from Gunnar. And you don't want Ryan O'Hearn in the lineup. Yeah. I think those are the two biggest takeaways in terms of throwing two lefties for your first two games here at Camden Yards. And... The fact that right-handed power hitters, again, at this ballpark, have a harder time hitting home runs. With it would the left be field ball. so cool if Gunnar just said, I don't care, lefty, lefty crime, just put one onto the freaking flag court. He's done that it. would be awesome. We know oh Gunnar Henderson gosh, can't awesome. do that. You can try to minimize Gunnar Henderson, but you will not contain can't run from Gunnar Henderson. Lineup today is probably going to be, I would imagine, a typical lineup that we see against left-handed pitchers. Austin Hayes usually leaps up to the leadoff spot. We know Austin Hayes is a fantastic contact hitter, especially against lefties. I think Austin Hayes probably leads off today. The X factor for me, and we'll kind of get to biggest keys of the game to wrap up here, but my biggest key of the game, I'll just, I'll give it away right now. Two, three, four. Those are going to be, I know those are the most important hitters the the lineup. in any game. But in these two games especially, against two left-handed pitchers, and today in particular, your 2-3-4 is more than likely going to be Adley Rutschman, Anthony Santander, and Ryan Mountcastle. The Rangers are throwing two lefties, and especially if you are Ryan Mountcastle, you need to make the Rangers pay for that decision. Again, they are trying to minimize guys like Gunnar Henderson and Ryan O'Hearn. Adley Rutschman has been 
way better from the right side of the plate this year than he was a season ago. Yes. So Adley Rutschman batting second from the right side, you feel pretty good about that. We know Anthony Santander tends to have some more pop from the left side of the plate than he, than he does from the right side of the plate. You need Santander to hit well from the right side of the plate if he is batting third, which we assume he is going to do. And then Ryan Mountcastle tweeted out his stats yesterday, but the dude is destroying left-handed pitchers this year. And you need Ryan Mountcastle to continue to do that today. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, he's got to be your guy today. This is a huge series for him, considering how many lefties they have, both in the starting rotation, but also in the bullpen. How many lefties the Orioles are going to see this series? It's just going to be massive for Ryan Mountcastle to come in and make uh, the impact that we know he can against these guys. Yeah. Uh, now, like you said, with the rest of that uh, lineup in the two, three, four spots. I totally agree with you. Those guys are going to be paramount uh, in terms of importance for uh, the offense today and the, and the rest of the series because those that's the heart of your lineup. And, and guys like Santander uh, and Adley Rutschman, the switch hitters, those guys are going to have to take advantage of, of facing a lefty uh, and, and getting their power numbers up today. Yeah, Mountcastle hitting 338 with an OPS over 1,000 against left-handed pitching this year. Unreal really good 12 homers behind Mount Castle the DH spot is going to be interesting because sometimes we have seen James McCann in that DH spot against left-handed pitching although James McCann would probably be catching without Rutschman DHing James McCann in the lineup against left-handed pitching more often than not this year I think if I had to guess in terms of the lineup for this afternoon I would imagine we probably see Aaron Hicks Behind Ryan Mountcastle in the five spot with Aaron Hicks fielding in right field, which would bump Anthony Santander to DH out of the three hole. You're likely seeing Westberg as well instead of you Adam Frazier. Um, and then maybe do they give... I doubt you see Jorge Mateo, but that probably means Ramon Urias towards the bottom of the lineup as well. I do think you see you, Jorge you, Mateo. You think Mateo's going to show up? So if I'm lineup? rounding out the rest of this lineup here, after Mountcastle at four... I would assume it goes Hicks playing right field, batting fifth. Jordan Westberg batting sixth, playing second base. Or, excuse me, maybe Gunnar Henderson batting fifth. Yeah, they're not going to send him that far down. No, I think Gunnar Henderson batting fifth, playing third base. Aaron Hicks batting sixth, playing right field. Westberg at second, playing second base. Mullins batting eighth, playing center field. And then after that, I think you see Jorge Mateo at shortstop, batting ninth. The defense and the speed is something that goes that gets more important. It yeah. gets heightened importance when you get to the playoffs uh, because every game is obviously so much more important. Uh, so I, I, I agree you could see Jorge Mateo, but I, could, I wouldn't be surprised uh, with a Ramon Urias appearance either. I wouldn't be shocked, but the Orioles have faced left-handed starting pitchers 53 times this season. Jorge Mateo has started in all but four of those games. Yeah. So I think it could it be makes sense. Um, and I, I, like, I like that lineup a lot. Yeah. I think it's really good, uh, and it gears up to have a really great game against a lefty that is prone to both runs, walks, and hits. Um, so I like it. Biggest key for me in this game, after the middle of the lineup continuing to stay out, is get to the gosh darn bullpen. We mentioned it off the top. Again, we were not trying to hype up the Rangers here. They are just a, it is a good lineup. It is a good starting rotation. 
the place to get to the Texas Rangers is, is the, the bullpen. Pen. Andrew Heaney cannot be pitching in the sixth inning. That that yeah, is my no, my it's my one note I there. You, you can't have Andrew Heaney trot out for the sixth. I don't know if he will. Towards the end of the season, Andrew Heaney went from the starting rotation to the bullpen. He wasn't making a ton of starts towards the end of the year. So I'm curious to see how long Andrew Heaney actually goes in this game. Whether he goes only three or four innings, maybe Dane Dunning I was, piggybacks I was off just of about him. to say, yeah. we thought Dane Dunning was going to start this game. What if they go Heaney for like four and then they just bring in Dane Dunning who could start a game? That Very would possible. Bring, that, would bring a, that would be a smart move from a guy who's won three out of four World Series in Bruce Bochy. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise from him. But that would be a really smart move to bring in Dane Dunning after Heaney to avoid having to go to your pen uh, because he knows a lot better than we do probably that it just ain't that pretty. Yeah. Um, that would be a really smart move. So watch out for that to see if Dane Dunning starts warming up in the fourth. Yeah, I could certainly see that as a possibility. Andrew Heaney maybe tosses three innings and then Dane Dunning piggybacks off of him to try to get to the sixth That or would seventh. be really smart. But there, that's where maybe the Orioles' biggest strength comes into play, and that's the Orioles' depth. Because you could start this game with Jorge Mateo at shortstop, with Jordan Westberg at second base, and let's say the Rangers go to Dane Dunning in the fourth or fifth inning of this ballgame. The Orioles can go, okay, cool. Here's Ryan O'Hearn. Yeah. Here's, here's uh, Adam Frazier. The Orioles have the depth to be able to counter whatever move Bruce Bochy is trying to make today. Mm -hmm. If it is Dane Dunning piggybacking off of Andrew Heaney, this is what separates the Orioles from other teams in these playoffs. Exactly. Because Dane Dunning can come into this game, and then you have Ryan O'Hearn, who has no PS over who 800 got, on the Hearn. Who never fell off. No. The whole time. Everyone thought the Ryan O'Hearn bubble would pop. Just never did. Never did. The guy was just rock solid the entire time. So credit to him. So if Dane Dunning comes into this game in the fourth or fifth inning, you can bring in Ryan O'Hearn, who has an OPS over 800 on the year. You can bring in Adam Frazier, who has, again, an OPS close to 700 on the year, but has good splits against right-handed pitching. You could take Jorge Mateo out if you needed to. You could take DH. You could maneuver that lineup however you needed to maneuver it. But Brandon Hyde has just so many chess pieces in this game that we, we know Bruce Bochy, again, he is a World Series manager and a little bit of gamesmanship yesterday with not announcing the starting pitcher until I think, what, 7.30 It was a lot later night. than expected, I'll tell you that And much. it was not a starting pitcher that we expected. We did our preview show on Mass and All Access yesterday, and we pretty much talked as if it was Dane Dunning who was going to be starting this he game. He got us, I'll tell you that much. He did. And, hey, it was kind of an honor to, be get, to have gotten got by a World Series winning we did. Manager. We did get got kind of feels like we made it but Brandon Hyde more than I think any team in this playoffs has just so many chess pieces to work with and yeah. I am really intrigued to see if Bochi is going to go Heaney Dunning if he's going to maneuver his bullpen in some interesting ways because as you mentioned the numbers aren't great so he's going to have to maneuver I'm really interested to see how Brandon Hyde handles his first managerial playoff action with moving his pieces in the right ways to counteract that. And, you know, like you said, it shouldn't be too difficult of decisions to make. 
uh, because you have Ryan O'Hearn on the bench or Aaron Hicks or whoever he decides not to start. Um, you have all the pieces you need. So at whatever time the, the lefty comes out, the righty comes in, you, Mike Elias has built an offense and, and built a roster in which there are so many pieces for you to go to uh, and so many guys who a lot of teams gave up on. Yankees gave up on Hicks. Royals gave up on O'Hearn. Both of those guys are starting caliber players for the Orioles that are sitting on their bench. Yeah. I've got two more big keys to this game. First one is on the field, and that is Kyle Bradish setting the tone. The Orioles have an awesome opportunity today because again as we mentioned the rangers already threw nathan avaldi and jordan montgomery even if it is nathan avaldi i still like kyle bradish if you're just looking at those two guys in a vacuum in terms of who you'd like in this matchup but just looking at the pitching matchup i think you got to have a lot of confidence in kyle bradish against andrew heaney that is a mismatch statistically i agree you have andrew heaney who was bumped to the bullpen at the end of the year and then you have kyle bradish who was consistently one of the best starters in the American League this year, even after getting off to, I mean, I guess a little bit of a slower start for his standard this year, but he was outstanding over the second half of the season, was legitimately one of the top five pitchers in the American League. We're talking about the guy that finished the season with the third best ERA in the AL, fourth best ERA in baseball. And if Bradish comes out, and deals and just throws a gem that sets the tone for the rest of the rotation for Grayson Rodriguez in game two and whoever the Orioles might start in game three and four whether that's John Means and Dean Kramer or John Means or Dean Kramer in game three and then you go back to Bradish on short rest or something whatever it ends up being that sets the tone and says guys we're here this is the playoffs Bradish gonna go out and he's gonna set that tone and Kyle Bradish entering this game with a 16 inning scoreless streak Wow, He's already rolling. Yeah, love that. I mean, Kyle. Kyle Bradish had a shorter outing in his last start because you were, you know, you knew you were here. He's going to be fresh, and he is absolutely rolling. His confidence has to be at an all-time high right now. He was just named the Game 1 starter for the ALDS in just his second full season. 16 consecutive scoreless innings coming into the game. Pretty self-explanatory, but if the Rangers aren't scoring, they're not winning. Yes, Yes. Um, I I don't think they win a close game, the Rangers. I don't think the Rangers win a close game. I have more confidence in the Orioles winning a close game with that bullpen than certainly than I do with the Rangers winning a close game. So, like you said, if Bradish keeps this game close, if he gives the Orioles a chance throughout the entire game, I think it's a really good chance Baltimore comes out with a victory in game one. And if you do get that victory in game one, you start rolling, uh, the series could wrap up soon. Bones, any more on-field keys to the game for you here um for me it's preserve the orioles bullpen if the offense can go out there and and just put a few crooked numbers on the board and get this to a point where you don't have to send yen your cano out there in a high leverage situation that is going to be it's going to pay so much so many dividends uh going forward and you don't have to look at all right we we use cano twice and we have to look at him for game three or something like that um if you can preserve this bullpen you don't have to use so many of your high leverage guys of course without felix bautista it got a lot harder to manage this bullpen and throw out guys you're confident in so preserve the bullpen is probably my number one key for this game. Yeah, and again, a really good opportunity to do just that with your ace on the mound. Can Kyle Bradish give you six innings of one or two run baseball that puts you in a really good spot 
again, especially against Andrew Heaney, who is not one of the Rangers' top starters here. A good opportunity for the Orioles pitching staff, a great opportunity for the Orioles lineup. My final key to this game is not an on-the-field thing. It's just kind of to breathe. This is a huge day for Orioles fans and for the Orioles themselves. I mean, we have talked about it all season long. The rebuild is over. How great it is for Brandon Hyde to be here. How great it is for the young core to get their first taste of playoff experience. For Cedric Mullins, for Austin Hayes, for Anthony Santander, who have been through it all and now they're in the playoffs. Okay, they're here. There's not moral victories anymore today. Once you hit the field, all the moral victory stuff is behind you because you've got an ALDS to go win. And as cool as it is to be here, you're not going to be content with looking back and just going, ah, it was really cool to be there. No, you're the one seed in the American League. You won 101 games. How are the Orioles going to be able to control their emotions today? Brandon Hyde, his first playoff game. How is he going to handle that? He's got Freddie Gonzalez with him, who has some really valuable playoff experience. I think Freddie is going to be a huge underrated help today. Absolutely. How are guys like Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson going to handle the fact that, okay, they are the young stars on this team. They are two young superstars in baseball. This is their first playoff experience. I will say I do think it helps that they have had a lot of winning down in the minor leagues. Not to say that this is the same sort of thing. We know Gunnar Henderson, I think, you know, was in the playoffs with Bowie when he first got there. This is a different animal. It's not the same as the minor it's league not. playoffs. They did win a lot of games in the minor leagues. That's great. This is a different beast. Yes. So how are the Orioles today going to be able to take all of that, be able to go, okay, it's awesome that we won 101 games. It is a great story that we're here. The rebuild is done. They've got to go out and win a game. Yes. Would you say that uh, you want them to hashtag soak it in? I think they are built for it. I mean, from everything that we have heard from Brandon Hyde, from Adley Rutschman, from the clubhouse guys leading up to this game, hearing from them this week, they seem locked in, but at the same time, they like they seem a little bit loose. Like they're still having fun. Like Adley coming into his press conference saying, "I just crushed a cold brew." Crushed a cold brew. I loved that man. I loved that. That like, guy's awesome. From being here this week and seeing the workouts, it is clear that they are locked in. Like yes. those, dr- they're going hard in yes, those drills. Absolutely. I mean, we got here. They mean business. Early yesterday, and the Orioles had just started their practice. Those guys, I mean, hauling butt down to yes. first base doing their base running drills. They are locked in, but they're still loose. They're still having fun. Not a lot of playoff experience on this team. You've got Aaron Hicks and Kyle Gibson who have been in some big games. Of course, on the other side, you have Bruce Bochy, Corey Seager, who've been there, done that. Yes. So I'm interested to see how the Orioles' lack of playoff experience, it, it, it could help them. It could help them. Um, it's a new school. You yeah. know? It's the new kids in town. And uh, I think that they have an opportunity to really make their stamp early in their careers and show people what they're all about. I'm really excited for this game. And at the end of the day, we have a comment about it on YouTube as well. The Orioles won 101 games and the Rangers won 90. This is... That's a fact. All things are kind of... You never know what happens out on the field come playoff time. But the Orioles are the one seed for a reason. They are the favorites in this series, and they should be. They won 101 regular season games. They have some of the best depth in baseball. They have arguably 
a top three bullpen in baseball, if not the best bullpen in baseball when Felix Bautista is healthy. They are athletic. They are fast. They play great defense. And they can mash. Yes. The Orioles are an outstanding team. They are one seed for a reason. I know we were talking a lot about the Rangers today because you got to get to know your opponent a little bit. But the O's are built for this. The O's are built for this. They're built for this, man. They are. I'm pumped. You've got Kyle Bradish tossing game one. Got Grayson Rodriguez tossing game two. Already announced. It's going to be fun, man. This is going to be awesome. I'm pumped. Get pumped, Birdland. Come on. Well, we hope you are pumped, too. We are excited to hopefully see you at Oriole Park at Camden Yards today. If you see us around the ballpark, wave and say hi. Tell us that our takes are bad. Whatever you want to do. We would love to see you here at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. We are just a few hours away from postseason baseball. Whew. I'm excited, man. Soak it in, man. I really am. I'm pumped. Make sure you're tuning into the Bird's Nest after the fact, if you weren't following along live, if you did follow along live and you woke up early, thank you so much for commenting along. We really appreciate it. We hope to see you right back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. We're going to be breaking down today's game and looking ahead to game two. Hopefully, we're breaking down a victory yes. here today. Big thank you to Bobby Blanco behind the scenes. If you weren't tuning along live with the Bird's Nest today, make sure you catch us after the fact on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google something, wherever you get podcasts or your digital shows, you can find the Bird's Nest. Got playoff baseball. For Matt Bonaparte, I am Brandon Mortensen, and we'll see you soon.